Hello and welcome to Cartridge Cinema Club episode 52. There's 52 weeks in a year. Um, so <laughs> we'll make a big deal about it because we actually, we already celebrated the year thing. But this is a year's worth of episodes. So God. thanks for th- thanks for listening to all of them because we know you all listen to all every single episode. Um, my name is Mark Champlin and today I'm joined by Alex Wallace. Oh man, what is up, girls and gays? Um, so... This, this might be the biggest gap between expectations and reality that we have ever had on this podcast. Um, and it's because... I would say definitely so. Yeah, uh, it's interesting. Um, so, you know, last week we were, you know, setting up for this week, we were talking about Red versus Blue and how we were going to be watching this thing from 2003 made by a bunch of cis white dudes who were into Halo, so it was probably going to be really gross and problematic and not a lot of fun to watch. Like, I was expecting to have, like, an excruciating time with this. Like, I was expect like, we watched an hour's worth of content for this, and I was, like, dreading doing this all day because I thought it was going to, like, be the type of thing where I was, like, forcing myself to keep going for the sake of the girls and gays out there who listen to this podcast. <laughs> um, and I'm happy to report that it wasn't, that bad yeah the the thing that i want people to understand and that i i hope that people agree with me on this is that generally when when i go into things watching them i'm never hoping for them to be bad like i i don't think it's better or worse content well not always i don't think it's better or worse content necessarily for the podcast if it's really really bad it usually just means i'm like annoyed and angry and and feeling despondent halfway <laughs> through, you know. So it was kind of it was kind of a treat that uh, the show was um, ca- capitalized all three letters. Not that bad. Yeah, it was. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it's it's interesting because I really felt like I have to kind of change up my angle a little bit because I was fully expecting yeah, exactly to, to yeah. be going into this episode and having this be an episode about like, damn. Internet humor in 2003 sure was fucked up and explicitly homophobic, wasn't it? Uh, And then sort of talking about, like, let's talk about how those exact same prejudices still exist on the internet, but are now, like, masked in multiple layers of irony rather than just, like, dumped out onto the table in front of you. Uh Um, Uh-huh. And while there are obviously things in this that are not cool uh, for our 2019 extremely gay sensibilities... uh, I this thing's all it was all right it's not that it mm-hmm. is not that they did not make that and like fucking hats hats off to the boys at Rooster Teeth who were probably severely drunk during the entire production yeah. of this <laughs> you could you could hear you could hear the alcohol <laughs> in the voiceovers in some of these yeah. it's it the voiceovers aren't bad but I but I digress yeah um, let's yeah so, what's red versus yeah. blue let's get into this a little bit uh, so it's often abbreviated as RVB. That's definitely how my best friend who was uh, obsessed with this show, he called <laughs> it that. Um, it's an American comic science fiction web television series <laughs> created by Bernie Burns and the boys over at Rooster Teeth. Um, this kind of kickstarted their media empire and they've, they've got a, a whole bunch of cool shit under their belts. Never been a huge fan, but hats off to them. Yeah. Um, it is that machinima style. Um, which is, is kind of lost to time. Yeah. Do people um, was... like, do people know what a machinima is anymore? Like, so for anyone, yeah. For anyone under the age of like 
like our age. Yeah. So for anyone who who wasn't a teenager in two thousand five, roughly, <laughs> or close to a teenager in two thousand five. Yeah. Um, it's a machinima. Is the they 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 made cartoons strictly out of video game footage. Like they filmed themselves doing acting out things as the video game characters and they add voiceovers um usually or sometimes they have like some sort of camera mod and in this they they have a camera mod that allows them a little more access to the game's camera to make more cinematic shots and to film dialogue a little better but it's it's really literally just them taking advantage of a little bug in halo one where if you are holding the pistol and you look down like very slightly uh, your head bobs up, so doing that over and over again looks like you're bobbing your head like you're talking. It's like it's like them feeding a dog peanut butter and it opens <laughs> and closes his mouth. It's that, but with video games. Yeah, I, I you know, machinima was kind of. I feel like as a word, the word machinima was sort of like co-opted by machinima, the brand, which was sort of a extremely mm-hmm. predatory online uh, yeah. content farm. Um, that a lot of people who were making machinima-type videos like this got suckered into working for uh, for a very long time. Um, but, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it, this type of thing really is the precursor to stuff we have now with, like, source filmmaker-type stuff. Oh, um, yeah. You know, and and I feel like it, it, it it's kind of a lost art, almost, or, like, even even beyond that, the tools have gotten so easy to use. The, the ability to mod and hack shit around to... Uh, create whatever you want in the game that you're, you know, using as a as a medium. Those tools have gotten so good that there's such a charm to this thing because you know that this was a bunch of people sitting in a room playing on their fucking original Xbox being like, all right, Steve, you gotta go, no, you gotta stand over there, okay, we're gonna put the camera over, you gotta make sure that you move your head a little bit like this, and, oh, fuck, I forgot to turn the capture device on, okay, run it back again, and, like, (laughs) there's a, there's, there's such a charm to that, to me, of, I, I genuinely enjoyed watching this. Yeah, the, the labor of love slash art from adversity type of thing has been interesting, uh, to to enjoy for this, it, it's kind of the thing. We'll, we'll get into this at the very end because um, we're going to talk about old internet. Mm-hmm. But as the tools to make this have been democratized a lot better, the places uh, on which you upload this content has been the opposite direction mm-hmm. has happened. Um, so that's kind of interesting. Interesting thing that we'll get into. Um, do do you want to um, do you want to <laughs> tell me about the plot? <laughs> yeah. So um, there's a plot. There, there is, is a lore. plot. There is a plot. <laughs> and to be clear, um, so obviously like. Red versus blue ran is possibly still running. I'm not even sure, but did <laughs> 16 run seasons. for many, many, many seasons. Um, and obviously we were not going to watch all of that for this. Um, and I also know that like, as it goes on, it becomes a much more serialized thing. It becomes a thing that takes its own storytelling a little bit more seriously. And maybe some point further down the line for this podcast, we'll, we'll jump back into some more red versus blue and see how that kind of develops for them over the years. Uh, but for this, this podcast episode, we watched original ass 2003 uploaded to red versus blue.com because YouTube did not exist yet when they made this, uh, season one of red versus blue which is about an hour and 13 minutes worth of content um each of the episodes is like three to four minutes some of them are a little bit longer than that um so they're it's pretty bite-sized which made it pretty easy to work through uh just watching through it um so the setup for this 
first season uh, of this show is that the characters live in like in like a halo multiplayer map purgatory, right? Like <laughs> all they know is we're the red guys. There's the blue guys. We don't like each other and we got to fight. And neither of them knows why they're fighting each other, which I think is one of my favorite things about the setup for this show is there's a moment in like, I think the first episode where it's just like, why are we shooting at these guys that live across the map from us that are just wearing different colored armor from us? I thought we were going to be fighting aliens. <laughs> um, and I think it's a fun setup. Um, and and then, you know, th the show is mostly they be mean to each other. Occasionally someone gets shot in the head. And that's pretty much it, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> it... it <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny because um, I, I also really like the idea that, like, they have no idea why they're fighting each mm -hmm. other. Um, I will say that uh, there, there ends up being an in-universe justification. Starting at Halo 4... There is an in-universe <laughs> justification. Uh, apparently, all of Halo 4's multiplayer takes place on a big ship called the Forward Unto Dawn, oh which is, uh, which, and it's all military simulation, and they like, and the multiplayer is just big, big team battle is just one of uh, several regimented uh, military training program. I, I hate it. I yeah, hate see, I prefer, this. <laughs> I prefer the explanation offered by season one, red, uh, season one of Red versus yeah. Blue, which is basically, <laughs> absolutely, I don't know, shit's fucked, world is depressing, who knows. Yeah, I, I one one little uh, the the, the tie-ins to the real plot of Halo are tenuous. They, they in the very first episode they make a joke. Well, Master Chief killed the whole Covenant <laughs> Armada, and they make sure not ever to mention Master Chief again because I think they wanted to get away from that pretty yeah. pretty quickly as they as it went on. Uh, but I did think that was funny, and they also mention uh, the in-universe announcer who says "flag captured," and then later on the guy's like, "Oh no, there was something in my throat." Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's good. Flag it, captured. It's cute. It's cute. It's fun. <laughs> it's very cute. Um, yeah. Can so you want to kind of go over like I, we kind of touched on this, but yeah, what were your sort of general thoughts about this thing? Yeah. So so not only was it you know charming and and not that bad in terms of uh, you know problematic aspects um uh, we'll, we'll get into that uh, for sure but uh i will say that the the writing as in the like the jokes and and the the plot is it was totally watchable uh, even by today's standards it was better than a lot of online stuff i found myself <laughs> thinking of like good game and <laughs> yeah. i was like you know what? I'd rather watch this than Good Game. Absolutely. The, the, the plot was more fun and whimsical. The, the characters are equally assholes to each other and, and unlikable. But just the fact that they're little cartoon Halo guys made it more acceptable than it being like literal Aaron Hansen being a dick. Yeah, um, to, to be clear, for those who don't know, you should go listen to this episode because it's fucked up. But the, yeah. the 2017 Game Grumps live action esports show Good Game... Uh, I would say was more offensive, harder to sit mm -hmm. through, and had worse writing than this machinima from 2003. <laughs> no fucking joke. I'm not kidding yeah. at all. Um, I, yeah, we, we both kind of thought this would be, like, awful, and it, and it, it wasn't. It's fine. You know? Yeah, I would, I would say, like, every time they start talking about gender or sexuality, you fucking tense up like crazy. You're like, oh, God, mm -hmm. here it comes. Here's where it's going to get really bad. Um and it, it gets kind of, like, there's moments where I was uncomfortable, and we'll go over those moments a little bit further down the line in the episode. But, like, yeah, overall, it really never gets that bad. It really never hits a point where it's, like, unwatchably offensive. It's just like, uh, you know, cringy 2003 joke. I get it. Look, 
different times. That shit happens. Doesn't mean it was okay. Just means it was more accepted back then to <laughs> make jokes about this kind of stuff. Um, I will say, like, I was legitimately surprised that how often I was laughing at the jokes in this. Like, and mm-hmm. for the reasons that they intended for me to be laughing about the jokes. There's, like, a lot of fun wordplay in it. There's a lot of little clever, like, video game in-jokes in it. There's a lot of moments... I, I think this is a hallmark of good uh, comedy writing, is, like, there's a lot of moments where a character will just say something fucking ridiculous in, like, a tossed-off line that's not acknowledged by any of the other characters, and it just kind of moves on. And And the whole show is, like, peppered with little moments of that, just, like, small little jokes. Like, the writing is clever. It feels like there was a lot of love and care put into making this thing, like, fun and entertaining and slapstick and fast-paced in a way that, mm-hmm. like genuinely works and i was not expecting that at all it it has it has moments where it feels like uh like good south park you know you know <laughs> when you're watching like a good south park episode and they're they're cutting the scene at exactly the right moment yeah right, the, the, the exactly the funniest thing the comedic timing scene. in this is fantastic yeah. their their sense yeah, of, of knowing exactly how long to wait before a thing explodes is phenomenal like it, it, and it's really is, <laughs> yeah. that, that that there really is something you can't teach you know like it, it really is like there is some inherent thing in certain people that lets them understand like no if we wait an extra three frames here before this thing catches on fire it'll be three times funnier and yeah and they have that for this they really yeah. have it it's, <laughs> it's 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 not hard to understand why this was so influential it's it's not hard to understand why Rooster Teeth became such a successful group of like internet comedians? They're they're quite good at it here, even back yeah, in two thousand three. They, they, yeah, they had they had some chops. I, I think yeah, like six minutes in uh, the, the the moment that stood out to me the most when I like laughed really hard was they they drive the warthog up to him <laughs> and they see they see it for the first time and two of the guys yell shotgun fuck at the same time <laughs> yeah. and like I I would have thought that was so funny when I saw that in in in, in two thousand four because like I, I I did that when I was playing Halo it it, <laughs> it it speaks to you know kids who were playing Halo like the inside joke that whole scene talking about why it's called a warthog like mm-hmm. is something that like you and your boys would have like talked about uh, it, it, you're with yourselves but just it's written in a more funny way yeah which is a lot of the a lot of the show's charm comes from that as well it's it's gamer humor but it's not like people who aren't gamers or people who haven't seen or played Halo would still find some value in it yeah I gotta say like as a person who had absolutely I just, I have no affinity for Halo. I have no affinity for shooters in general. It's just not my thing. Um, and even with that, I I feel like the jokes landed for me for the most part. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. saying, like, to be clear, I'm not saying this thing is a fucking masterpiece. It's not brilliant or anything, but it's, like, well put together and it's fun and it wasn't painful to sit through. I think the worst thing that you can say about it, besides, like, some of the problematic elements, which we'll get into, is, like, the characterization is not good. Um, like there's no red versus blue has two characters in it in this seasons. You could be a dumbass or you could be an asshole. And those are the only types of people that exist in the world at this point. Uh, 
Yeah, and have, having seen a little bit of the the newer seasons, only because I had a friend who like made me watch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the dumb characters get dumber, more explicitly dumb, and the asshole characters get more explicitly mean. Like it just gets more like that. Like the character Caboose or or Griff or maybe both of them. Um, they're just like the 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 dumb characters. Like they just say dumb things mm-hmm. and they don't understand normal people language yeah like i'm, uh, I'm really they, not <laughs> i'm really not kidding what i say like every character is either like an asshole who takes every opportunity to make fun of someone else or a dumbass that doesn't know how to put a sentence together yeah yeah um we, we should probably touch on you know the the uncomfortable slightly problematic yeah. aspects um yeah they, they they're not they're not shy about using the um the the r slur mm-mm. uh yeah. Yeah, I it's... um you know, I don't think there's a ton to say about this. Look. The R the R word, the R slur, whatever you want to call it, uh is a word that I think a lot of us have probably used in our lives is a word that I hope a lot of people have now recognized is not a cool thing to say, is disparaging towards a lot of people. Um and I hope that you have taken the opportunity to phase that word out of your vocabulary. Hot pro tip, if you ever want to call someone the arsler, just say dipshit instead. It has, like, the same kind of... There's there's the same visceral appeal behind it, and it gets a similar idea across. <laughs> which is funny, which is funny because they do use the word dipshit yeah, they in do. this show also. Yeah. And I will say that those moments are, are funnier yeah. than the moments when they use that word instead, which at this point are completely devoid of humor because we have just, as a society, maybe not as a society, <laughs> but just as as human beings, the two of us and most people that I think listen to our show have certainly moved on yeah, from that word. So, so it's devoid of humor at this point, you know? Yeah. So, you know, like that, that it's, it's hard to hold against them because I feel like everybody was using that fucking word in 2003, you know, mm-hmm. um, what you can't hold against them is the gay jokes. Cause they're bad. <laughs> and, yeah. And not, not, not here for that. They're, they're not super frequent, uh, but they're bad. And it, and it really harkens back to an era where, like, th- like there exists a homosexual, like a gay person yeah. exists, is the joke. Like that's just an adequate punchline. That's just considered acceptable. Like there's this one episode that opens with the the character Donut who finally has his own custom colored armor, but his armor is pink, so everyone thinks he's gay, and like that's the whole joke of the scene is, haha, he's wearing pink isn't that gay and there's like a very uncomfortable don't ask don't tell joke in there and it sucks really bad and i was this is the the, it this came in like i think like 14 15 episodes in like pretty close to the end Mm -hmm. of the first season and like we were pretty smooth sailing for the most part up to this point and i was like (laughs) fuck they were they were so close yeah yeah I'll, i'll say that don't ask don't tell uh, in particular, especially in 2003, when it had not been repealed. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, but I believe uh, President, no. o- President Obama uh, repealed it. Mm-hmm. 
um, pretty fucking recently, um, which is barbaric, fucking uh, unacceptable, the, the, this country, blah, blah, blah. You, you get it. It's you terrible. <laughs> so you especially sh- should not have been... We, we're, it's, we're not even far enough away from it now that we should be making jokes about it. You sh- I think you need to give it like another 20 years before <laughs> we can make don't ask, don't tell jokes. Because yeah. like the, the, the trauma induced in like, you know, s- soldiers or people who could have been soldiers... Uh, <laughs> because of that policy, yeah, it's still very real. <laughs> brief, brief aside, the goal of gay liberation shouldn't be to allow us into the military. We should be fighting against the military. You already know this about yes. me. We're both communists. We understand. Anyway, moving on. Um, yeah. the 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 text. One, one of us had to do it. Yeah, yeah look, <laughs> I don't want to fucking hear about trans people in the military anymore. Anyway, uh, yeah. <laughs> the text stuff sucks also, but it's 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 okay. So there's a character named Tex. Uh, who all the characters originally think is a man and then is eventually revealed to be a woman. And again, that's the joke, right? The joke is she's a girl, <laughs> you know, and she's badass. It's it's literally the it's it's the Samus reveal. It's mm-hmm. that. <laughs> yeah. Um and it's like it's it that that all that stuff I was expecting to get again, I was expecting to get worse, but it's just like it's mostly just like eye roll, lame, boring gender jokes from straight men like it's just like yeah yeah i guess that would be funny if you're the type of person that believes that like somebody's gender leads to inherent traits and abilities in them i I guess i guess these jokes would be funny to someone like that unfortunately i'm not someone like that so i can't relate Um, yeah the 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 thing that bugs me about those type of of jokes or any type of show like this where the characters are mostly male and then there's a female character mm -hmm. is just the fact that you know that they couldn't have made a female character in this show without like making it a bit that she's a girl exactly And like any show that's made today about you know whatever military dipshits even if it's a comedy like probably a good third of the cast would be women and it that typically wouldn't be (laughs) yeah there's there's your equality a whole third of you (laughs) get to be again again liberation is 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 is, you know pink pink feminism our, our our soldiers have have a ribbon for breast cancer. Mm-hmm. It's, pink it's, capitalism it's and pink fascism will not save us. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I'm trying to talk about Halo over here. Oh, we man. try. We certainly so, try on on cartridge cinema. Gays don't join tra- the trademark. military. 2019. Anyway, I think that uh, we we wanted to kind of take take a moment to get a little sappy about the old internet here um do you remember ytmnd you damn you know damn well i do (laughs) you're the man now dog (laughs) um yeah so I, i think one of the most interesting things about watching this for me is just the fact that like you know youtube did not exist when this was originally released and so if you're making a video series in 2003 what do you do? You make a website. You make a you go you go and you register red versus blue dot com and you upload a fucking AVI to some like <laughs> weird I, server somewhere. I'll also mention Squarespace and GoDaddy.com did not exist no. either. So you had to know fucking HTML mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> to make a website. And this is just like this this would not exist in this form these days in any way that it does it would they would not have made their own website they would have started on youtube or they would have started on fucking tiktok or whatever you know they would not have 
been uh, capturing it directly from a console. They would be have you know they would have been doing it with like mods and doing it through like source filmmaker and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and and this thing is such a relic of the time before like capitalism really got its stranglehold on the internet in a way that it does now. Yeah, I think um, well, you were saying back then, uh, which is true, uh, people were more afraid of government intervention with mm-hmm. the internet, which, which yes, has happened as well and caused problems. But it, it, it more has just been the fact that that five corporations now control the entire, three corporations now control the entire internet. And the government intervention that's happened is that we're making it even easier for like ISPs to, to, to bow down to corporations and, and make it even less democratized and just make everything a little bit more shitty and a little more monetizable for corporations. Yeah. I will say that this show would have been demonetized immediately (laughs) upon being uploaded to YouTube. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I definitely remember like, being on GameFAQs in 2003 uh, and going on message boards and talking about video games with strangers. And there mm-hmm. was definitely, like, a big sentiment from people around that time that, like, hey, man, this is the Wild West era of the internet, and this is going to go away. You know, like, this is mm-hmm. not going to stay in here eventually. And this is the thing, right? Everybody was on this shit of, oh, well, eventually the government is going to come in and regulate it. Eventually there's going to be censorship. Eventually the FCC of the internet will start to get involved. Um, And I think that largely came from, uh, I think gamers at the time uh, had a big fear of government intervention, specifically because... um, if you know your video game history, back in the 90s, uh, when games like Mortal Kombat, games like Doom were getting really popular, uh, there was a lot of pressure from the U.S. government to start regulating violent video games, uh, and that is where uh, the ESRB comes from. That came out of mm-hmm. those cases in the 90s. Um, and a lot of people might not know that like the ESRB is not a government institution. Uh, it is a... Uh, organization within the video game industry and basically the video game industry walking away from these court cases said we are going to be regulating ourselves we will be creating the ESRB and that was what the agreement was and so at the time I think and you know this is still true for a lot of people but I think those of us who are you know a little bit more uh, (laughs) conscious of you know the way the world actually works um, you know at the time there was a lot of worry about government intervention ruining the internet the government is going to come in and fuck the internet up um and i don't think that people really even conceived of like dude the government is just (laughs) the government ain't shit compared to what the corporations are going to do and come in and fuck all your shit up and make you pay for everything yeah the the government turned out to be a tool for corporations absolutely yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. yeah it's it's really it's really crazy that that the the power that you know Facebook and Google have is much more scary than any government and the idea that that the government should be smaller to uh, and and make more room for corporations is terrifying and it and it gets more scary every single day. Yeah. Uh yeah. yeah. But, and I mean yeah. like do, like gamers have been living in a world where capitalism has come in and fucked up everything they like 
<laughs> year after year for decades yeah. now. And like, what? When is enough going to be enough? Like, how many fucking videos does Jim Sterling have to make? Yeah, like, I mean, that's the thing. I, people, people <laughs> like Jim Sterling need to step it the fuck up and become actual fucking communists instead of like blaming things on like you know, because people like Jim Sterling come out and they're willing to say like, oh, corporate greed is the is the reason for this issue, but they're never willing to actually say like, no, actually, it's because capitalism as a system is designed to reward corporate greed. Like, gamers, I'll, gamers, yeah, you wouldn't I'll, have microtransactions <laughs> if it wasn't for capitalism. You wouldn't have I'll, all of the shit that you hate <laughs> about video games if it wasn't for fucking capitalism. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go to bat for Jim Sterling specifically. Mm -hmm. I think 2018 was the first year where he said the word capitalism Hell yeah. on his channel. Yeah. And he's just he's just fully, like, saying it now. That's good. He's, it, okay. he's, I, which is nice. Yeah. I, I, I kept up with him because I was hoping for him to get fully blue-pilled. <laughs> it looks like it's happened so that's good, good. For him. that's good yeah I should, I should be clear i was watching jim sterling when i was like 15 you know it's been a long time yeah. so i don't know where he's at now but um you know a but, lot of my favorite a lot of my favorite inter internet personalities from back that have really let me the fuck down so yeah, yeah we've we've yeah I, I i won't name the names of the ones that i still like but there's there, there's only a couple. All I'm gonna they say mostly come with asterisks. Yeah, all I'm gonna say is don't ask me about fucking Yahtzee Croshaw, okay? I, just, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about zero punctuation. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to. Too foundational. Talk about that guy hates yeah. trans people. Okay. <laughs> what are we watching next week, Mark? Um, we're trying an interesting experiment. Mm -hmm. uh, well, the experiment isn't that we're watching a thing that's related to last week. We do that all the time. But we're watching Halo 4 Forward Unto Dawn, which is a professionally produced by Microsoft mm -hmm. uh, type of deal here, um, where it was an internet web series that coincided with the release of Halo 4. Halo 4 was a big fucking deal. They had a TV show. They had <laughs> weekly online uh you know co-op content that was doled out episodically online which they've never tried again because it wasn't that good it was just it was just the campaign but like split up into like shitty ways uh, anyway I, I digress um it, it's a, the the thing that we're doing is we're trying to see if red versus blue a shitty machinima from 2003 <laughs> ends up being more compelling uh, lore wise and uh and writing wise than this actual professionally produced with a big budget military show produced by Microsoft. I have a feeling this is going to be boring. I think this thing is going to be <laughs> super boring and I think it's going to suck. <laughs> it's going to be gray and green mm -hmm. and there's going to be a lot of washed out visuals of, of uh, soldiers being put into their super soldier suits mm -hmm. and they're gonna they're gonna make a big deal about how it's sad that they were raised as like child soldiers and that's because that's the later halo games they they try to tug on the heartstrings with that the fact that like this the spartan program was like literal child soldiers but of course they don't they, they never go as far as they should uh, with trying to make you feel things about this. They never make the, the real world um, analogies that are necessary to make it a legitimate critique. Um, it's just sci-fi bullshit. So I'm hoping, not hoping, I'm expecting that to be what this is. Uh, it was later put on Netflix in 2013. Um, uh, it was written by Aaron Helbing and Todd Helbing and directed by Stuart Hendler. Um, I, I sure don't know who any of those people are. Um, but... We'll see. It, yeah, it's, it has a $10 million budget. It, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Yeah, where can people find the podcast on the internet, Mark? 
You can follow us on Twitter at Cartridge Cinema. You can join the Discord. It is linked on the Twitter. You can uh, listen to us and or rate us on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcasting app. The music is by DJ Tin Man. The art is by Courtney Kaufman. Imagine if my outros were that smooth every single week. What a what a world that would be for me. It was Tuesday. I felt like I should like be dabbing after that or something. That was. <laughs> but then yeah, I was like, "This was... is a this is an auditory medium. No one's gonna see me. I'm gonna dab anyway. Check it out. I'm I'm flossing. Fuck, my headphones fell off. <laughs> you ever you ever you ever started flossing in the middle of a target? <laughs> <laughs> There's your stinger. <laughs> All right. Good podcast. Mm-hmm.